Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller and welcome to The Forever Student. Our next guest is an artist in so many ways. He's an incredible content creator, rapper, and spoken word artist. You might have seen one of his viral videos online. He's the man against labels, the man who takes a stance and who has affected the lives of many. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode with Prince EA. What made you get into the space of sharing wisdom and spirituality? Well, you know, I started off as a rapper. <laughs> you know, I was this I was this guy. I wanted to be the best rapper. I wanted to be better than Eminem, better than Jay-Z, better than all these guys. And um I was on the path to it, man. I was I was performing with, you know, Grammy Award-winning artists, working with big guys, getting in magazines, getting awards. Um, but I was very much unfulfilled. Um, I kept comparing my position to other artists. You know, the comparing minds started popping up. Even though I was mildly successful, I was always looking like, okay, why are they on this world tour and I'm not? Why are mm. they getting this Billboard Award and I'm not? So the comparing mind kept kept creeping in. Um, and fundamentally, I was also just out of alignment, you know, I'm from the north side of St. Louis. And so St. Louis is always on the FBI's most dangerous city list. Lived next to drug dealers my whole life. Um, St. Louis is, I, I live maybe six minutes away from where Ferguson happened. I don't know if you yeah. know international news. And still today, St. Louis faces so many problems and issues. And um, if you're black, and if you're from St. Louis, you basically have three options. You either sell drugs, you play ball, you play basketball, or you rap. Well, I couldn't sell drugs because my dad was a cop. And, you know, I mean, that's just stupid to sell drugs <laughs> out of, your, you know, a cop's house. Easy way to get caught. Um, try basketball. Um, too short. Pretty good, though. But it didn't work out. Ended up landing on rap. And, you know, rap was this outlet for me. Loved it. But I was also very much out of alignment. I um, I was very much influenced by a lot of the mainstream guys. Rapped about mansions I never lived in, money I didn't have, girls I, I, I never met, all of this stuff, man. And, you know, I was just unfulfilled, even though I was mildly successful so I really wanted to quit. And everybody around me, you know, my team, everybody around me was like, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. You can't quit. You got to keep going, right? In our society, it's like quitting is a weakness. Um, but I tell people all the time, often letting go takes more strength. Mm. So at this point in time, I, had, I don't know where I came from. I stumbled upon this story from Gandhi. And... You know, back in the day, Gandhi had organized and led a march in India. He spent weeks, months, like, organizing this march. It was a big thing. But after one day, he quit. And all of Gandhi's followers came up to Gandhi, and they said, Gandhi, how are you, how are you just going to quit after one day? You call yourself a spiritual teacher, a guru, a leader? You're a coward. One day? And, you know, Gandhi said something I never forget. He said, 
He looked right the, he looked at them in the eye and said, my commitment is to truth, not to consistency. He said, my commitment is to truth, not to consistency. And so I internalized this and I thought, man, I'm being consistent with something that's not true to who I am deeply. So I quit. And I went on this journey to try to discover how I can be happy because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be happy while I had time on this planet. So I, I read everything, everything from the, the ancient sages, the all the ancient scriptures and texts to the modern gurus, the teachers of today. I read everything I can get my hands on. And um, I sat in stillness and in silence. And I just, I don't know if I, it came to me, if I discovered it, but what I realized was that happiness ain't out there. Happiness is here. Wayne Dyer, rest in peace, he says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. The power is in us, it's in the perception, how we see things, the power is in who we are. And so once I tapped into some of these discoveries, I went back into like a musical form of expression, but no longer from the standpoint of how can I be the best rapper? How can I be on billboards? How can I, but now from the position of how can I serve? Mm. How can I give while I'm on this planet? Henry Ford said a business devoted to profit will have only one worry. No, he said a business devoted to service will have only one worry when it comes to profits they will be embarrassingly large. Hmm. I love that. And I don't think he just meant profit as like financial. I think he meant the wealth of spirit when mm. you serve. And so when I started to serve, everything changed. I went from performing in local clubs to performing in foreign countries. I went from getting thousands of views on my videos to getting millions of views to ultimately now, I think I'm sitting at about 2 billion views collectively on my content. I went from, you know, being a, just a, just a rapper to being this, this inspirational speaker and leader who's now living in his power. Celebrities started to post my stuff on their pages. You know, Will Smith, people, like all of these celebrities. Oprah wanted to premiere my stuff on her on her show. And, you know, I flew me out to, to L.A. We met and she gave me a big hug and <laughs> gave me a kiss on my cheek right there. And it was beautiful. And I still haven't washed my face from it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and all of this is to say this, man, when you're in alignment, good things happen. Mm. Um, when you're in the flow, great things happen. There's a story. Can I, I got time to tell this quick story? Absolutely. It's a beautiful story of this, um, of this father who one day was babysitting his young son. You may have heard this one. He's babysitting his young son. Mom is out. And she told dad to, to just babysit the son for the day. Well, the dad, the father, he really wanted to watch this baseball game. He was a World Series. He really wanted to watch the baseball game. But the young son kept annoying him, right? He's like, Daddy, Daddy, play with me. Daddy, Daddy, play with me. And so he's like, oh, man, what do I do? I want to watch this game. So he sees this magazine on the, on the table, and he flips the magazine. And he finds a picture of a world map, a complicated world map on one of the pages. So he gets an idea. He cuts out 
the page and he cuts up the world map. See, he thinks he can create a puzzle for his son that'll give him enough time to watch the game while he puts this thing together. He's like, he'll never figure this out. So he cuts this thing out and says, son, here, you know what? I'll make you a deal. If you can put this, this puzzle together, I'll play with you. But not only will I play with you, I'll take you out for ice cream. And I'll, I'll, I'll buy you your favorite toy. Where his son is excited. He's like, oh, man, okay. I'm gonna... Goes, gets the puzzle, goes to his room. And the dad, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm good now. I'm great. I can watch the game. I can relax. And after a few minutes, the son comes back in with a completed puzzle. And the father, he's scratching his head. He's like... <laughs> Son, how did you put this together so fast? And the son says, well, there was a picture of a man's face on the back of the map. And I knew that if I got the man right, then the world would be right. And I love this story so much because isn't it once we get ourselves right? Once we get the man right, the woman right, that the world comes together. Wow. That's an incredible story. We spoke just before this about purpose and kind of both our takes on um, how to go about finding it or whether we believe if one person actually has a specific purpose. Could we kind of repeat that again? Could you touch on if you believe if every person has a purpose, and if not, um, what can they do in order to at least get close to their calling or their truest self? Yeah, I think I think um, this idea of purpose can be very, um, very scary for some people, and. I think it's a lot of propaganda as well. It's like, okay, if I if you complete your purpose in life, then are you just purposeless? Like, is you okay, I did my purpose, now I got to It's like, I think the main thing that we have to do is to know who we are. I think this is, this is the only true purpose because if we live a life and we never ask the deep questions, the deep questions, um, who am I? Which is the, the deepest question that hardly anybody ever asks. We've been told we're we're this name. We've been told we're from this country. With this body, is it true? Is it true? Am I? Do I sound like a crazy person for asking that question? Or can we can we truly fall into it and dig deep and inquire into is this, is what this guy's saying? Is there something to it? Is there a new dimension of life that I might be missing? And so it's only through meditation and stillness that we can access these dimensions of life. And when we access these dimensions of life, this whole thing about purpose, it falls away as nonsense. What is the purpose of a rose? It's just, it's just being this beautiful self. It's, it's, and this is our purpose, to be our truest versions, our, our beautiful selves, to truly be loved. This is it. This is why we're here. Listen, in 300 years from now, nobody's going to remember any of us. You know, like we, we're, we're, we're a... a, a 
a blip. Yeah, speck. <laughs> a blip. Yeah. So it's important for us to to use the time that we have here, to use this birth for all it's worth, to really inquire about these deeper questions. And then life truly, it's not something you live anymore. It's something that's lived through you. I love that. When it comes to uh, a lot of your content, what, what I really picked up on in the last few days when I was just obsessively watching you, one of the things I got was um, our addiction to media. Um, and essentially, it's instead of connecting us, it's disconnected us, right? Um, or overconnected us, whatever you want to call it. My question to you is how can we um, kind of move away from this addiction and start connecting with those around us and become more present? Mm. It's a good question, man. And I think it's something that uh, that we face. I mean, we're, we, we see depression rates and anxiety rates skyrocketing in the same pattern as, as technology is, is emerging. Is it correlation of causation? You know, mm. I think we can use technology um, and not allow it to use us. But first, we have to come back to what we were saying. We have to take that time. Um, there are certain practical ways, like you can measure, okay, how much time am I spending on social media? And you can, you can practically do it. Um, but people... People in, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they might they may not have had cell phones. They might have had newspapers, you know, and they might have ignored people around them still. So is the problem really technology or is it the mind? How would you give advice to those who are currently misaligned? Like what are kind of maybe daily practices or steps that you could um, you could share with us that could at least jumpstart that alignment and if not take it further than just the first step yeah it's a good question um read 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 um bill gates was once asked uh by a reporter um the reporter said bill if you could have any superpower what would it be and Bill, he didn't say he wanted to fly like Superman or have super strength like the Hulk. He said, if I could have any superpower, it would be the ability to read books faster. Every problem that we face, somebody else has gone through that problem 10 times as hard as we had it. And they went through it, got out of it, and wrote a book about it. Mm. So I say, read, 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 read about what you love. Read about everything you can about what you love. This is the way that we can, because who we are is largely what we take in, the energy that we take in, who we're hanging out with, what music we listen to, what movies we watch, what books we read. This is what makes up who we are. So if we want to change who we are, if we want to get more into alignment, then we have to change what's coming into our, into our mind, into our system. I also use a technique of, of death to, uh, to fall into that place of alignment. And when people hear that, they might get they might get like, what is it? Yeah, freaked that? out or might get freaked out. Yeah. But historically, so the Greeks and the Stoics, they used death as a, a life hack. Um, 
you ever seen a movie and, you know, you see a skull on the tables or, you know, the desk of somebody's writing? Well, this skull translates into memento mori, which means remember that you will die. It was a reminder that this light, this, this body, ain't, we ain't going to be here forever. So we got to do what's important. In Bhutan, Bhutan was the first country to not measure gross national product, but gross national happiness. They're trying to figure out how can we make the citizens happier. So if you ask one of the Bhutanese, they'll tell you, if you want to be a truly happy person, you got to think about death three times a day. Do so, you meditate? Do you meditate on death? Absolutely. absolutely. Um, that's, that's actually one of the, the, the most profound meditations is, is meditating on death. I think the Buddha himself, he said, of all footprints, those of the elephant are supreme. Of all meditations, that upon death is supreme. Mm. This is in the book of uh, the book of the dead, the book of living and dying. So here's what I did to find out, to answer your question. I wrote down 50 things that I want to do on this planet. 50 things. I got one now, 50 things. And then I said, okay, if I could only cut, if I could only have 20 of these things happen, out of these 50, what would they be? And then I say, okay, if I could cut this to 10, if I only, if I only, if only 10 of these things can happen in my life, what would they be? I cut it to five and then three and then one. And so these three are around, I have a, I have a health goal, right? A business goal and a relationship goal. And every day I try to push the needle forward in each one of those buckets, right? So I think when we do this, when we use death as a, as a motivator, we can really, and, and if we focus every day on those things that are most important, that top three, this is when we're on the path. This is when we're in alignment. Because most of us, we're like busy doing that. We're busy doing this. And we're just, so, we're, just we're, we're doing things that aren't in alignment with who we are and what we truly want to accomplish. So if we can push death into the picture and use death as a friend on our left shoulder, as a guide, that's when I think we can truly live a happy life. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Forever Student episode. This show is for you, me, and all of us to learn and grow from. If you enjoyed this, please rate the podcast, comment and share with anyone that you believe would benefit from listening to this. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out to me at Forever Student Show across all social media platforms. Or you can drop us an email at foreverstudent at dukanmedia.com. My name is Stefan Miller, and this podcast is brought to you by Dukan Media. Thank you all, and have a great week. Music